Today's reading is 1 Timothy 4.12. Don't let anyone look down on you because you're young, but set an example for the believers in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Well, good morning, Grace. Uh, For those of you who are like, who's that guy up on stage? It is I, Jake Barnes. I'm just not wearing glasses, but don't worry, it's still me. I've got many confused looks over the last few weeks. Uh, Well, welcome today. So as Brandon said, today is a special Sunday, and that's because we're using our service to celebrate the next generation here at Grace. And by next generation, we're talking about our high school students, our junior high students, and our kids. And so some of us are wearing our high school or junior high merch. If you're interested in buying some, I don't even know if we have extras, but uh, coming to a local church near you, they're very cool. Johanna did a great job on them. But yeah, today we wanna celebrate our kids. And the reason for that is this. You might not know this, but one of our five stated values as a church is next generation. What that means is that we pour a lot of time and resources and money and energy into raising up the next generation of Jesus followers. And I feel like I, I don't really need to explain why that is one of our values. It seems pretty logical to me. Because our church was started about a little over 100 years ago, okay, in 1913. Is that right, church historians? Okay, good. Now, I know we have some old timers here, but none of you were so old that you were there for that, right? I think I'm right on that. Otherwise, we set our world record. No one was here for that. And that means that everybody here in the church at one point over the past 100 years was the next generation. You were the future of the church at one point in time. And people poured into you, and now a hundred years later, here we are today. And we know that if we want to be here for another hundred years, we need to start investing in our high schoolers, our junior hires, and our kids. It makes sense, right? It's logical. And so to our students and, and to our kids, what I want you to hear today over and over again is that you matter so much to this church. You are so valuable to us because you represent our future. You're the future of grace, for one thing, but to go a little bit bigger, you are the future of the church in all of Long Beach, you guys. And to go even bigger than that, you are the future of God's kingdom growing in this world. And so you have so much value to us. But here's what I wanna say is, that's such a nice thing to hear But I wonder if you guys ever have a question, and and I think you do. The question goes something like this. Well, it's great that I'm the future of the church, but what does that mean for me right now? Because the future is in the future. Okay, but this is the present. It's great that I'm the next generation of Jesus followers, but what does that mean for me right now in this generation? And I get to spend a lot of time with with the high schoolers, especially some of our junior hires as well. And I know that for some of you, you guys go, well, I I guess this just means I kind of sit on the sidelines for now. I mean, I'm the future of the church. I'll step into leading and guiding one day, but for right now, I guess I'm I'm just kind of on the bench. Okay, I'll let the the major leaguers play and I'm just gonna sit here and watch. 
Sometimes you guys, I think, have this mentality that basically says, well, church is something that the adults do. It's the show that they put on. It's kind of boring. They use these big words that I don't always understand. And so I guess I'm just kind of supposed to stay on the sidelines, go to King's Quest, go to Action Company and Embody when it's my turn and have fun. But the rest of the time, I, I don't really know what I'm supposed to do. What do I have to offer? I'm too young. I'm just a kid. It's easy to look down on yourself because you're young. And I wonder if you guys ever do that. Well, whenever I think about looking down on yourself because you're young, there's a verse that comes to mind, and Kaylee read it today. You can flip to it if you want to. It's uh, 1 Timothy 4.12, just one little verse. And the context is this. Timothy, or Paul is writing to a young pastor friend of his named Timothy. Go figure. And it seems like the context is this. Timothy's probably about 30 years old, so he's not like a kid, he's not a student, but he's young for a pastor. And evidently, some people in his church felt that way too. They thought, maybe this guy's a little bit too young to be pastoring us. And so Paul writes to him, and we can know this is going on because Paul says, don't let anyone look down on you because you're young. Okay, that means it was something that was going on. And maybe Timothy's in church, and he's hearing people say stuff like, Who's that kid up there on the stage? What does he know about life? Okay, he like just got out of diapers and he's gonna tell me how to live? I don't think so. Maybe Timothy was hearing people say stuff like, you know, Timothy, it's great, we see you have so much potential, you'll be the future of our church, but right now just let those of us who have a little bit more experience lead us, okay? Your time will come, Timothy, but, but not right now. Timothy perhaps felt looked down on because he was young. And who knows, maybe he looked down on himself because of that. And students, I wonder if that's something that you sometimes feel. As if you really don't have something to offer here yet. Well, here's the good news. As God says, it is the opposite of that. Paul doesn't say to Timothy, Timothy, people look down on you because you're young and you know what? They should. Just stay on the sidelines. No, he says the opposite. He says, Timothy, don't let anyone look down on you because you are young. That's not something that God wants. In fact, quite the opposite. I love this. Paul says, Timothy, rather than giving people something to look down on, give them an example to look up to. Second part of the verse, he says, don't let anyone look down on you because you are young, but set an example for the believers. What Paul's saying here is, look, Timothy, you can't change your age, but you can change your impact. There's no age requirement for being filled by God's spirit. It's not as if you have to turn 18 or get your bachelor's degree or start paying taxes and then God fills you with his spirit and gives you spiritual gifts for the church. That happens the moment you accept Jesus, regardless of your age. And in that moment, God starts growing you and equipping you to help the church know who Jesus is better. You know, I love it that when, when Jesus wants us to know what the, an example of good faith is, 
he does not point to an adult. Kids, I think this is good for you to hear. In Matthew 18, 2, the disciples asked Jesus, who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And he doesn't say, well, it's that guy who graduated from seminary. It's that person who's been around church for 100 years and has all the right answers. No, he called a little child to him and placed the child among them. And he said, truly I tell you, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever takes the lowly position of this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And whoever welcomes one such child in my name welcomes me. Jesus says, if you want to know the example of the faithfulness that I want, look at the kids. Don't look at the adults. And and so kids, I want you to know today that we need you to be an example to us. Yes, we see value in you because you are the future of the church, but what I want you to know is that we see value in you also because you are the church today, right now. And in fact, we need you to step into that because there's probably a lot of ways that you guys get it right that we adults don't. And so if you just sit on the sidelines, well, man, that's like a third of our church that we don't get to learn from. We need you. You are valuable to us right now, today. And adults, I think the calling for us here is that we need to look to our kids and our students as an example. We need to fight the impulse to look down on them. And look, I get it, I don't have kids yet, so it is much easier for me to say that. Uh, I know those of you who are parents or grandparents or teachers and spend a lot of time with the next generation, I think you often walk away going, there's no hope. We're in trouble. I was talking to Michelle Twall this uh, past week, and she told me about this blog post uh, on parenting she read that said, on average, when siblings are at home together, they get in a fight every seven and a half minutes. Yeah, preach. You're like, it's five and a half minutes. Yeah, that's crazy, right? That's, that's like horrifying. I'm not ready to be a parent now. The point is, if that has been your environment all summer long, I can understand why you're not going to look at your kids and go, you will lead our church into a spirit of unity, right? You're going to go, oh, we're in trouble. For those of you who get to spend a lot of time with the next generation, you guys get an unfiltered view. You see it all. You see the fighting, the hair pulling, the door slamming, tantrum throwing, eye rolling, all of it. And I get that if if that's your constant experience, it's, it's probably easier to look down on the next generation. But that's not what we're called to do. Timothy, even though he was younger, was capable of setting an example. Jesus could have pointed to anyone as an example of faith, but he pointed to a child. And so that means that we have to be open to the fact that our kids and our students are an example for us. You know, rather than just grumbling and complaining about the ways they get it wrong, let's actually be open to the ways that they get it right. And maybe that they get it more right than we do. They have stuff to work on. They have a lot to figure out. I just spent a week with high school students, believe me, I'm aware. Um, But you know what? We get stuff wrong too, don't we? Boomers, millennials, 
you guys don't have it all together either. (laughs) Every generation has its problems. But we have an opportunity to look to a group of people in our church that God wants to set an example to us through and learn from them. And so here's how I want to end this little sermon as I know this is especially for you parents because I think you guys probably get to see the least of the ways that your kids are an example. You, you maybe see the worst of it. And so I think it's worth listing the ways that our kids and our students already are setting an example to our church. Timothy, uh, Paul ends his little practical advice to Timothy by giving him five practical areas where he can set an example. In speech, conduct, love, faith, and purity. And so what I wanna do is just with each one of those, name a way or a couple ways that we can already see our students setting an example for all of us. The first thing he says is, Timothy, set an example through your speech. That means your words. Okay, the things you say, we can expand that. The things you write, the things you post. And when I think of of a youth who sets an example through their speech, Luke Diebel comes to mind. Because I'm not sure if you know this, but Luke has twice written these um, meditative pieces for our church to read. Once at Advent, once during Lent. And I swear, if you covered his name, you would have no clue that it was a freshman in high school who had written that. Like, I almost have my master's degree, and I'm like, I don't write at this level. It's amazing. Luke has, uses, Luke has used his gift of speech to help guide our church into a deeper meditation of Scripture. So thank you, Luke, for being an example to us. Another group that comes to mind at high school this past week, there was a rule with the girls, uh, sorry, at camp, there was a rule they had that if somebody said a negative comment about something, they had to follow that up with three positive things. And there was this one day we were sitting at a table playing a game and one of the, the students, I think just kind of without thinking about it, made a negative comment about herself. And all of a sudden you could kind of feel the table go, and everybody looked at her and she was like ambushed with uh, affirmations. I mean, people just piled on compliments. Truth after truth about who she was was declared over her. And it was just amazing to watch her demeanor change as that happened. I think, man, that's something I know a lot of you need because I'm on social media sometimes, right? We, we're much more easy to lean into criticism and critique But what if instead of saying something negative, we're like, no, I'm gonna say three positive things about this person who's irking me right now. That I think is an example of how to use speech in a godly way. Paul says, set an example in conduct. That just means the way that you live your lives, the things that you do. And Johanna said that for her, the, the people that come to mind are Maddie and Leah Gray. And these are her words. She says, they have constantly invited their friends to church. The quarantine couldn't stop them from bringing their friends to the Little Action Company Zoom calls. Through that, those friends have remained committed and continue the pattern of inviting friends from school to youth ministry. We talk a lot about living missionally here. Well, Maddie and Leah already know how to do that. (laughs) Maybe we should go to them and ask what their techniques and tips are. Maddie and Leah are examples to us of what it looks like to invite people to church. Uh, 
I, I talked to those who worked in um, kids' ministry, and they said that an example of, of conduct for them are the junior helpers. So these are high schoolers, junior hires, and kids who are helping in preschool through kindergarten. I want to emphasize that last part. Kids who are helping in kids' ministry. And here are some of their names. We think these are all of them. Sorry if any have been forgotten. Betty Miller, Cora Balmer, Juju Balmer, Riley Young, Matilda Vanderfoot, Shelby Stump, Kendall Young, Frankie Parker, Ryan Parker, Izzy Frejo, Annie Morganson, Kayla Karam, Sam Mathias, Ashlyn Yu, Addie Transu, and Ruby Giles. These are high schoolers, junior hires, and kids who have said yes to already helping raise up the generation after them. <laughs> we have a problem, yes. That's right. It, it's hard for us to get people to volunteer in children's ministry, but our kids are answering the call. Tell me that's not an example to the church. Thank you, junior helpers, for being an example of what it looks like to be servant-hearted. Paul says, set an example in love. That's reflecting the love of Jesus to other people in practical, tangible ways that they actually feel. Not just like, I love you, man. No, like actually show it. And the people who come to mind for me are Shelby Stump and Kendall Young. Because they, on their own, came up with this idea to do this event called Love, Life, and Lasagna, where they, they hosted a dinner for those in our church 60 years old and upward. And no strings attached, just show up, have dinner, and know that we appreciate that you're here. And so they planned it out, they rallied the students, we put it on, and it was amazing. I can't tell you how many of our seniors came up afterwards and said, uh, so when's the next one of these, right? Shelby and Kendall, you are an example to our church of how to make an entire group of people feel seen and loved. So thank you. Another person that comes to mind when, it, when we talk about love is Luke Porter. Luke, for a decade, okay, Luke is a senior in high school, but for a decade, he has been leading our church in a giving initiative where every Christmas we raise funds to buy basic necessities for families around the world. He's been doing that since he was a kid. Luke has been an example of what it looks like to love our neighbor around the world. So thank you, Luke, for that example. A couple more, a couple more examples. Paul says, set an example in faith. That means how you trust Jesus and how you show that. And the person that comes to mind for me in that is Amin Twal, who a few months ago, at 10 years old, right, made a decision to be baptized. That is the perfect example of putting your trust in Jesus. And Amin, for those of us who already were baptized, I can tell you, it, it was a reminder of what it means to just say yes to Jesus. And I think for those of us who aren't baptized yet, it was like, well, why not? Amin's doing it. Maybe I should too. So Amin, thank you for being an example to our church of what it looks like to just say yes to Jesus. We need that. And then lastly, Paul says, set an example in purity. That is, how do you live your life in a set-apart way, your, your body, the things that you do to honor God? And I think of a student who came to me and said, hey, I'm not proud of the stuff I've been looking at on my phone. Can you help keep me accountable so that I'm not looking at stuff I shouldn't see and I'm using my phone and my eyes in a way that honors God? 
I think, man, that student is an example of what it looks like to pursue purity, even in the areas of our life that nobody knows about except for you. We all need that. Thank you for being that example. I'm sure there are so many other things that I could have said too, things that I'm not even aware about. The point is this, our kids and our students aren't just a blessing down the road, they are a blessing now. They are already setting an example to this church of what it looks like to follow Jesus. So let's look to them. Thanks be to God. We're gonna pivot in the service now and we'll actually get to hear from our youth um, and from those who serve our youth and those who are serving our youth in the city. And so first of all, what we're gonna do is we're gonna show a video. We just got back from camp junior high and high school, and God did so much good work there. And so what we wanted to do is just capture a little snapshot of some of the things that God did, bring it back here so that all of you could see that as well. So go ahead and turn your attention to the screen.